Welcome to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. This week, we'll hear from Pastor Bill Wilson and some guest speakers on Stronger and Family. Now here is Pastor Bill. Hey, aren't you glad you came to church today? There you go. Some people think it's real stiff and uh, you can't smile, but... uh, Hey, we've already said it a couple of times, but we love all the moms. And if you're a mom or uh, want to be mom or you'd like to be a mom or after seeing that, I'd never want to be a mom. Why don't you stand? <laughs> Will you do that? And uh, we want to congratulate all of you. All the ladies, come on, please stand and let us just express our appreciation. Wow. Look at this. I want to tell you the truth. No church, especially Portland Christian Center, could be a great church without great moms. The the influence that you all have, not only on your own family, but on the influence of the entire church, we greatly appreciate it. Thank you for being patient with the rest of us. Thank you for being persistent and loving us and encouraging us. We're in a series called Stronger, and in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 27, it, says, it talks about, at the end of that chapter, about religion, and it says the true religion uh, it looks after the, uh, the, the widows, it looks after the orphans, and that word religion actually means to serve God. So it really says, if you really serve God, you'll look after those that are in need. And of course, certainly, if you really serve God, we recognize how valuable it is to be part of a family. For some of us, we come from perhaps large families, some in this church, perhaps three, four, five generations who've been part of this church over the years, and that is a real testimony. For others of us that have talked to me, and I recognize this, is for our family, this was our family. Our, our relatives didn't live nearby, and so our children grew up at Portland Christian Center, and they saw it as their family. In fact, in many cases, they felt closer to members of this church than they did their own extended family who they very seldom saw. We often prayed, Lord, send us a grandma. Send us a grandpa who will step in. I still remember when when Larry Barnum showed up in his Porsche, red Porsche, four-speed, and had my daughter drive it down the street. I thought, what? That kind of influence was helpful. I see Bob Vinji over here taught my son how to drive a standard transmission vehicle right out here in the parking lot. Hit a few cars, but other than that, it was okay. (laughs) I remember various ones who watched our children in the nursery, taught in missionettes, taught in the youth group, moms and, and dads who became grandparents to our children. That's the strength of the local church. And that is the strength of this church. And moms, you may never sit on this platform, but I want to say thank you for your commitment. Now, the the Bible says in Psalm 127, I, I quoted from the third verse, but the first verse says, unless the Lord builds the house, the la- the, those who labor or those who build, build it in vain. Do you get that? Unless the Lord builds the house. So whether you're a dad you're a, you're a mom, you're a teenager, you're part of something. Unless the Lord builds this house, all of our efforts are in vain. Unless the Lord is involved in building your home, building your future, your efforts are in vain. We want God to help us be stronger. 
What you're going to experience the next few minutes, generally you, I know, come anxiously waiting for me to speak for 35 minutes. Can't wait till you hear what the rest of the story is. This morning, I really thought that it would be helpful for us to not be bring perfect women onto the stage who have been mothers, but to bring persistent and committed women on the stage who could model perhaps different stages of life for all of us and respond to a few questions. Now, here's what I felt from the beginning, and I felt very strongly this morning, because I knew that we're not just all in one gender here. We're not just all coming from the same place. We don't all live in the same environment but that God by his Holy Spirit would take a phrase or a comment from one of these dear ladies, these moms up front here, and speak to your heart. The question is, will I open my life and listen? Because something will be said. Here's my assurance to you. I'll give you your money back if it doesn't happen. <laughs> if you gave. Uh, <laughs> that in the next 30 minutes, in the next 30 minutes, God wants to drop something in your heart that will affect the rest of your life. If you'll listen carefully. And at the end, at the end, if time permits, I'll drop a thought and conclude today. But I want you to open your heart and we're gonna just ask the Lord right now. Father, in these few moments, we will open our hearts to you. Whatever it might be, may something be said that will encourage, inspire, challenge, bring correction perhaps, bring hope where there has been a, a loss of hope. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. I said to somebody, I'm going to feel like Oprah today. He said, no, it's Dr. Phil. I said, well, his life is messed up, so I don't want to be that either. <laughs> but uh, Pastor Bill here, and I just want to introduce the, the ladies that are here. First of all, uh, right next to me is Lorraine Zumwalt, and uh, she is here, Jenny Hansen, Angie Mitchell, and the first lady for right now, the first lady, the, the boss is here, the queen, Joy Wilson. And thank you, ladies, for your willingness. Give them a hand up front, okay? Shall we thank you for your willingness? Uh, Lorraine, let's start with you. Can you give us just a brief, and we'll just use the mic to pass along. We've kind of rehearsed this a little bit, but uh, by the way, all four of these ladies said, I can't wait till this is over. <laughs> so uh, they're going to do a great job. Lorraine, tell us a little bit about your family so that we have some context. Okay, well, I'm married to Roger, who's sitting over that way, and we've been married 32 years, and we have two children. Our daughter is 29, and our son is 26. And we've been empty nesters for about eight years. All right. Great, great. And you're a mom to a lot of people because you're very involved in Royal Family Kids Camp, and we thank you in advance for doing that. Jenny, tell us a little bit about your family, if you will. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Jenny. I married my high school sweetheart, Chris, and we celebrate 25 years in August. Um, and we have five children. 22 and 19 are the boys, and the girls are, uh, Avery's going to be 17 on Tuesday, and Skyla is 14, and Paisley is 6. Wide gap between 22 and 6, right? That's great. Angie, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm married to Jason Mitchell. I met him in the college group here at PCC. 
We've been married 20 years. We have three kids. Our youngest is 11, and he's going into sixth grade. Our middle is going to be in eighth grade, and he's 13. And then my oldest, I know they're right down here. Oh, yeah. Um, my oldest is 15, and she's going to be a sophomore in high school. And your oldest is learning to drive or already driving? Oh, yeah. She is driving all over the place. Yes, yeah, she has her permit and loves it. Good, good. Joy. Yes, Bill. <laughs> That's the first time I've gotten yes in a long time. <laughs> well, we have been married 50 years. Wow. And... <laughs> I said to Bill when it was our 50th anniversary, how can that be? I only feel like I'm 50. <laughs> I have three married children with what I would call incredible spouses. Um, Phil and Janelle have three children, and Christy and Randy are our newlyweds, and Kim and Jeff have two children, Caden and Parker. Terrific, great. So let's, uh, let's just talk a little bit about why it is so exciting. What do you love about being a mom? What do you love? I'm going to underscore the word love about being a mom. Okay. Jenny, go ahead. Okay. Well, I think every season has had its rewards over the seasons. <laughs> but currently, I'm really enjoying just being their biggest fan. Um, we've got some athletes. We've got... Um, a voracious reader in the house, um, and just cheering them on in this season of life as they grow, and then trusting the Lord for their futures and the direction that he has for them. It's really fun. And Paisley is playing her first season of soccer, so that's a big deal at our house. <laughs> there you go. All right, so never a dull moment. How about you, Angie? What do you like being about a mom? You know, you, you had a great mom, great grandmother. I knew them both, and and know your mom, of course. She's here this morning, I think. Yes, it's hard to narrow down. I love being a mom. I think some of my favorite parts are just getting to know my kids and seeing how they're made and created. They're all so different, have such different interests. So that's one of my favorite parts. Another one of my favorite parts is having fun, recreating, adventuring, and serving together as a family. Terrific, good, joy. I love hugs. <laughs> I love it when my kids come and hug me, my grandkids come and hug me. That's a great part of parenting. And another thing I would say is knowing what their passion is and moving them towards their passion. I love seeing them move forward. And then I love celebrating with them when I see them having success in what they have said they're dreaming to do. And now, as most, my kids are grown, the best part of, that I love the most now is they're each other's cheerleaders. They cheer each other on for what they're doing, and they keep pushing each other to go forward and have more goals, and never, never give up, never, never quit learning, never quit moving forward. Lorraine, you want to add anything to these uh, incredible answers? Well, going forth is a little hard because they all said some great things. And um, I think for me, it's just the seeing the different seasons have been really fun. And I really started being a mom when I was about 15, just 
I worked in a daycare, then I worked in a children's hospital, and I've parented for a long time before I, we had our kids late in life, so then I became a mom, and I am enjoying just watching them be young adults and making their own decisions and choices and praying for them a lot. Right. Tell me a little bit about, if I, I'm gonna just piggyback on that if I could. Tell me a little bit about the difference of being like a, a mom to a lot of people and then giving birth to children and actually being their physical mom. So, because you, you were a mom to a lot of people and you were prior to having your own children. Is there any uh, unique differences that you uh, can think about that, uh, that you would share with us? Well, differences, I suppose I feel responsible for how my children turned out, <laughs> the ones I birthed, but um, <laughs> trying to not be so, you know, it's not, it's not about me, it's, you know, the Lord, but the other children were all, I mean, they all need prayer, and just praying for them has been a really important part of all of those children, um, so I guess that's it. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Okay, the theme this month has been Stronger. So obviously it takes a lot of energy to be a mom. It takes uh, a lot of energy to be a parent, especially today when there's so much uh, uh, messaging that is contrary to the values that you would have as a believer. Uh, there are, are issues that uh, are being wrestled upon and they're, with, they're in the, the media all the time. Uh, in some cases, we're not even sure what happens in the classroom anymore as, as parents. And so we see this struggle. What has helped you stay strong as a mom beyond maybe just being determined, but is there anything that has helped you stay strong? And I'll just open it up to anybody who wants to respond. Well, since I have the microphone, I'll go ahead and start. I think for um, me, obviously, prayer um, and just the support of the community here at the church has been huge. Um, I'm looking out and I'm seeing all these people that I've asked for prayer, um, sometimes in a panic, texting my friends, can you pray for my daughter? Can you pray for my son? And even some people, I'm looking at Jack out there, who when our son was in high school, he partnered with him and prayed for him all the time. And mm -hmm. that was really important to have those prayer supports. And then I read, read a ton of Christian self-help parenting books yeah. beyond, besides the Bible. And I'm Good. still reading them. There's a new one out for parenting adult children, so. There you go. I need to get a copy of that. Um, yeah, I think the support here among like-minded mothers is, has just been incredible. Um, women who've gone before and are a season ahead of me in life that I can share with and um, be encouraged by has just been incredible. Um, and I think that, you know, leaning into the Lord when I feel anxious, um, just claiming the promises, you know, um, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So praising first and believing. Interesting. I asked a young mom today, uh, who has helped you in, uh, and how, how do you stay strong in being a mother? And they said, Jenny Hansen is my model. Isn't that amazing? I know you, you wouldn't have known that, and I want to embarrass you in front of everybody by saying that you were a Thanks. model to a young mom. So uh, good job, good job. So strong. What keeps you strong? 
there are days when the, the, it doesn't even feel like anybody else in the household is holding you up. It's all on your shoulders. What has kept you strong as a mom? Well, being raised in the church, I know a lot of the verses, and I've heard a lot of preaching, but I think parenting has really drove me to live out my faith and cling to the Lord because when you face challenges in parenting or in life in general, you have to really live out your faith. So one of my favorite verses, well, I have two. Like my teenage parenting verse is one that you mentioned the other week in James when it, when it says quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Um, I'm a midi parent, so I am in the mid season, and that just helps me navigate all the conversations and things that come up with teenagers. I think one of my anchor verses has been in John 15, 5, and it, Jesus was saying, I'm the vine, you are the branch. Angie, if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I really want my kids to love and know the Lord, but I know that's not necessarily always dependent on me. They get to make their own choices. So I think for me, going back to that, if I abide in the Lord and I trust Him and I live out my faith, I can trust Him because I want my kids to be disciples. So that's God's job. My job is to abide in Him. So when we're facing those challenges, I lean on that verse. I think for me, I, I really didn't have a lot of family around me because we would go from one church to another church. And um, I depended on the church to really become my family because um, when we left England, I didn't bring any aunts and uncles and grandparents with me. It was my dad and my mom, my two brothers and a sister and me. And then when I married Bill, he had a giant family, lots of family, but we were never around them because of where we ended up in ministry. So my strength had to come from being in the Word and, and asking the Lord, show me, help me. And there were times that I would just ask the Lord, give me a verse that I can stand on because I don't have anything inside of me to stand on and I don't know what to say. And one of the scriptures I remember the Lord given to me, and I wrote it out this morning, um, yesterday. Psalm 25, 4 and 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God. My Savior and my hope is in you all day long. And just asking him, Lord, I don't know the path. Help me. I don't know what to say. Help me. And he has been faithful. Good. I often think of uh, the challenges of being a mom today. Uh, can you think of a moment, maybe in your own personal journey with being a mom, raising kids, where you, you uh, felt God help you in a, a supernatural way, in the midst of a challenge? Well, I think they don't always make the choices that you would wish for them. Um, but I think that finding joy and choosing to delight in their successes has just been a really good thing to lean into. And there's always joy to be found. So finding that and finding ways to connect, um, to balance the hard conversations that sometimes have to happen, uh, God is good in those moments. Yes. Yeah. 
Talk, talk to me a little bit, Jenny, a little bit more about the hard conversations, because every parent has a hard conversation from time to time. How do you approach that? I pray first. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I seek advice from wise mothers or wise counsel. Um, but I always pray first and dig into the word so that my heart is in the right place. Um, and that just grounds me. Good. It's good. I think sometimes we realize our kids do not agree with what we say, and um, and I know that, that on that happened <laughs> many a time. <laughs> and I think one of the things I learned in parenting was to listen. Don't talk before you listen. Listen to what they have to say, and then. If there's a total disagreement between me and one of my children, I would want to ask them more questions. Now, how did you come up with that? Who influenced you with that idea? And, you know, I keep asking questions. I learned early that it was not good to tell them what I thought, because then they shut down. But if you will leave the door open and you keep asking questions and asking questions and then bringing them back to the fact that, well, you know, I totally, I really don't understand where you're coming from and I really don't understand how you come to that decision, but let's agree to disagree and I'm gonna pray that God shows you what's right because obviously I can't. I'd like to piggyback on that because that was one of our uh, later questions, but since you introduced it earlier, uh, I'd like to just talk a little bit about what, how do you respond when your children make decisions that are contrary to your faith or your values, or uh, they're just making a foolish decision and they don't care what you say, and they're at the point where they step away from perhaps the family. What advice would you give to us if we're uh, wrestling with children who have uh, decided to make decisions contrary to what we think is right, how do you, how do you handle that? It's like, are those my kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, I, I think um, for us, just our children, you know, maintaining connection is really important and maintaining relationship and um, trying to spend time with them. Um, but I think also being willing to speak truth, you know, to the biblical truths of what we believe. And um, I guess that for me would be um, the most important. You know, I'm not wanna, it's not really my place to judge my children at this point. I feel like I have my own opinions on things, but I try to just listen. I think the last week when you talked about being slow to speak is good. I tend to kind of jump in and over-parent, so it's probably, maybe that's why both of my children don't live in Portland. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was good for them to be away making decisions on their own, and, you know, they're adults. I love what you said about staying connected, because uh, you haven't uh, just said, okay, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You, you stay connected. You keep uh, that uh, open door of opportunity and keep praying. 
Yeah, it's yes. good. And my kids are doing great. I don't want to like throw them under the bus today no, in they're case they're watching. Right now, so, I didn't uh, tell them I was going to be here. <laughs> yeah. But I think um, I think it's important, you know, to just stay connected regardless, you know. And mm -hmm. I know for some people that's hard, for some kids or some parents, but you know, right. we love our kids and we love hanging out with them and we try to make connection or family time vacations whenever it works out for schedules so that as long as we pay, they still keep going on vacation with us. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, there's probably many here who represent a family who uh, they see you all and they think, oh, there's the perfect four ladies. They got no problems. Our kids don't even talk to us. Uh, that hurts deeply. I guess what I'm, I'm looking from all of you is how, how would you handle it? What advice would you give based on where you sit? And, and I think what you said, Lorraine, is you just continue to stay connected. And you want to say more. There were a couple years in the college days that we didn't have as, well, let's just say we connected more than they connected with us. Sure. Um, and for us, it was really prayer. And, you know, being down here, quite a few Sundays for prayer for our kids during those college years. We actually walked down and said to one of the leaders or prayer team Absolutely. members, would you pray with us? Pray and specifically, you know, what we're concerned about and what, you know, what we're concerned about. And so God's been very faithful in answering those prayers. And like I say, I feel like we're sort of out of the dark, the dark times. <laughs> Praise God. You know, so. Great, great. Yeah, thank you. What do you think, Angie? Well, I'm still a midi. I'm just, <laughs> the realization that you never stop parenting, I'm still thinking through that and what that looks like. I think for me, prayer, um, I, especially in like my younger years, I kind of wanted immediate results from the Lord. And I'm finding that just kind of coming to Him and casting our cares on Him is the only way to get through the challenge. It doesn't necessarily solve the challenge in the moment. And I think. Um, with my kids, we've had some challenges and whatnot, and so Jason and I have had to prioritize prayer. And for us, it's personally at home. We put it on the calendar. We have specific times that we do it together. We cast our cares on Him, and then and we just have to trust in Him. And so I think that guards my mind with peace when you continually have those prayers of, or those thoughts of anxiety or whatnot. So just leaning into what we believe and watching the Lord be faithful. Great, great, good. I think what helped me was that... Um, Early on when we were at Portland Christian Center, we formed a share prayer and care group. And in that share prayer and care group, it was where we were able to share one with another when our children were going through a difficult time. And um, it was one of those groups that we really, it was so important to me that they would hold confidence because I think that's so important when you ever are sharing about your family or situations. It's not for everybody else to know. You're coming to somebody because you, are, you don't know what else to do, but to come to somebody and say, will you pray with me? Would you believe with me that things will turn out right? And that group was there for me. And interesting enough, a few of us got together not too long ago and looked back at all the answers to prayer that God right. did during those times. Right. So being in a community group is huge. Right. And especially if you are alone and don't have people in your lives, I would strongly encourage you to be in a group where you feel that you can share your needs and be prayed for. 
Yeah, which leads me into the question, and I know, Angie, you wanted to talk about this, is the value of being in a church. You grew up in this church. I dedicated you in this church. As a, uh, yeah, as a newborn. It's yeah. <laughs> right, you were in the nursery with our daughter. Mm-hmm. You guys came back to PCC, yeah. and Christy, um, yeah. So and tell I'm me, tell me um, the value of being connected to a community of faith, a local church, as a, as a parent. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm learning that as my kids get older, my voice might get a little softer and quieter, and peer group and other adults' voices get louder. And so I'm looking back, and I'm so thankful for the years that um, my church has poured into my kids. Um, there's people in this church that give my kids birthday cards every single year on their birthday. There are people here who have them come to their house and pay them so that they can earn money for summer camp. There's people that greet them by name and are excited to see them week in, week out, year after year. Um, There's people who have invested in discipling my children through Wednesday night um, programs and Sunday morning. And that is priceless to a parent because they might not always wanna listen to me or hear me, but I know that those people who have invested in them have voice in their life. And as a parent, that is an incredible gift. Um, Not only that, they're watching the second greatest commandment be lived out in living color year after year, and I want my children to love the Lord with all their hearts and love others. And they have to see tangible examples of that, and I have found that in this church. And as a parent, I couldn't be more thankful for that. Yeah. And I I just want to say all of you, all four of you, have invested in other children in this church outside your own family. And so this is part of the reward of the generosity of your spirit. I love moms who are generous. They teach us to be generous. They give out of, when we don't even have something to give, they give. That's one of the great signs of moms is they have generosity. Your friend comes home and they say, hey, why don't you stay for dinner? We'll take care of you. And we know that financially, we don't have a lot of extra money, but hey, we're gonna help you get to camp or whatever it is. The generosity of moms is a great example. And each of you are a wonderful testimony of that. And we're all recipients of that. So your generosity has, an, it has given you a payback, if you will, from others being generous towards your family. Anybody else thoughts about the local church and the value? Well, I would just say, I don't think you can ever have too many people that love your kids. Good point. Yeah, yeah. they need it. Amen. And sometimes it's hard for you, you know, just to extend that when you're caught up in the parenting and the hard stuff. So to have that, um, it's just, it's incredible. It's God's grace and it's his love at, at work. And I love the tears in your eyes as you share that with us that people have, your kids can never have enough people loving them, especially today, affirming them. I remember as a, a junior hire, I'd go to school. We had moved and uh, I felt displaced. I didn't feel like I had any friends but when I'd go to church, I felt loved and appreciated and I felt included. And uh, it was a, a weird season in my life. It taught me a lot about loneliness, but it, it, I think the church saved me in that very critical time in my life of people who believed in me when the kids at school didn't even like me. And I can't imagine why, but uh, <laughs> they didn't like me. And I, I thank the Lord for that. Okay, ladies, we're gonna wrap this up with one question. What word of wisdom would you like to share with all of these people? 
This is your opportunity. If you do real well, I'll have you come back next week and you can preach a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> Lorraine, give us a word. What would you say, a word of wisdom to uh, these, your church family here on this Mother's Day 2022? Wow, I would say stay connected to the church, you know, and utilize all the things here that the church has for your children. And there's opportunity to be loved by children. There's opportunity to love children. There's just so much here for the kids. So, um, yeah, the great, great youth pastor and lots going on for the kids. And I think getting them connected in a, in a church is really important, especially the way the world is now. There's just so much out there that's not true. Not true. So, you know, letting them learn the truth here is really great. Great. Um, I would say when you are choosing how to spend your time, prioritize prioritize your time here and with believers. Um, there's a lot of things that pull at us right now in the world, um, schools and sports and all of it. Um, there's so many things, so many options. Um, but make this and time with the Lord and time with believers a priority. All right, well, again, just mid-parenting over here. and. Um, I don't have all the wisdom, but I know who does. And he says to come and ask him and he's gonna generously give it. So ask him in any area of your life. And I think for me to have that eternal perspective that this life is a vapor, it's gonna be over so soon. And only how we love God and how we love others is the only thing that's gonna uh, matter in light of eternity. So in any relationship you have, whether it's parenting, spouse, marriage, neighbor, coworker, the eternal perspective in relationships is the most important thing. So keeping that in the forefront of our minds every single day. I would say pray for your youth pastor and wife, Jason and Courtney. <laughs> um, as I look down here and I see young people, I recognize that every one of these young people come from a family like I grew up in, where both parents loved the Lord, served the Lord, came to church. You know, that was part of our life. So I would encourage you, as people in the church, is to go down to the youth group and see how you can help. I hear people say to me, I, I don't know where I fit. Well, I'm telling you where you fit. You fit in the youth department because all of these young people would love to have people in there that they could go to. Maybe they can't go to their parent, but they can go to you because you believe in who Jesus is and what Jesus can do in their lives. And you can partner with them. You can pray with them. You can read the word with them. You can have coffee with them. Don't let our young people go unloved because you're not there. I'm, ex I'm just saying, love our young people, because if we don't love them, somebody else will. Wow. Wow. Ladies, you are amazing. We could sit here for another uh, several hours and chit-chat. And that's the reason it worked out that the four of you would share with us this morning. Let's express our deep appreciation to them. Here. No. No, Lorraine, you can't leave. I'm sorry. You have to sit. 
So you all know this. Some of you won't know it maybe, but Proverbs 22 and verse 6 says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are, they will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. What a great promise. However, that promise, like all promises, are put to a test. Because there will be a moment in your life when you say, I did all the right stuff, but what is going to happen? So Harriet had six children. Uh, She had come from a very dysfunctional family herself, but she gave her heart to the Lord at 16 years old, the only Christian in the family. She went to church, got very engaged in the youth department. Her pastor took interest in her and helped her get to Bible college, where she met the man of her dreams, and they got married. And uh, they went into the ministry, and they had six children, which meant that not only did they live in the church, but they, uh, they went to all the services, of course. And she prayed over every one of her children, and she practiced Proverbs 22 and 6 that she would train up, she would instill in the life of her children a love for Jesus and show them the way they should live their lives. They were all involved, they were up front, they did music, they taught, they did all those things. But her oldest, at 18, decided he didn't like the way his mom had raised him. He wasn't all that engaged in wanting to be part of the local church and couldn't wait to graduate from high school and as soon as he did, he left home. And he joined in what was known in those days as the Merchant Marines, and he went out on his own, and he uh, was very independent. Harriet didn't know what else to do but pray for her son earnestly. And she carried the burden like you all do as moms and many of you. She didn't share with people. And during this time that he was gone, they relocated. They moved to another community. And uh, so nobody really even knew They all thought she had five children. They didn't know about the oldest who had gone a prodigal, if you will. And she earnestly prayed. One day a college girl came to her and said that she was so excited about her being their new pastor's wife and they developed a close friendship. And she said to Harriet, is there anything I can pray with you about? And she said, well, yeah, you can pray for my oldest son. She says, what's wrong with your oldest son? She said, oh, you don't know him. Oh, I thought you only had five kids. She said, no, no, I got... I have an older son, and he's uh, off in the Merchant Marines traveling the world, and he's far from God. He's not serving the Lord. He knows all the right stuff, but he's not serving God. And so they made a commitment to pray for each other and pray for this lost son. The college girl had never met him before, didn't even know who he was other than the fact that it was her friend Harriet's son. They prayed and they prayed. It went over a year, almost a year and a half, When that son was in all places, New Orleans, uh, where God generally doesn't show up down at the, the, uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he's why why, why he's there. God spoke to him. Isn't that interesting? God speaks loud in the dark. God speaks loud to, to children who are away from you. He brings people into their lives that nobody would ever really orchestrate except God. And while he's on the docks in New Orleans, a very sinful environment, by the way, when we think sinful, I mean, uh, Romans chapter one stuff, God spoke to him and called him by name and said, what are you doing here? And he realized that he was in the wrong place. And so because of the commitment he had made, he was able to 
rescind that commitment, and he went home to a new town, a new church, and he walked into that place on a Wednesday night of all times, sat in the back, his dad, the pastor, spoke, and at the end, he went forward and gave his life to Christ. The young prodigal came home and rejoiced, and then he went to Bible college. While he's at Bible college, he meets a girl, and uh, they start dating. Come to find out it's the girl who's been praying for him and never had met him before. Isn't that amazing? Harriet was my grandmother, and Reuben was my dad. I want to just say that to you this morning because when we look at our family tree, and our family is a unique family by many means, there's always that season of time in Reuben's life, my dad, that nobody ever really talks about. That was when he was a prodigal, when he was out running from God like Jonah ran from God. Some of you here this morning know your children are not where they should be with the Lord, but I want to encourage you, don't stop praying for them. Start believing God that somebody even today will walk up to them and speak to them and say, what are you doing here? This isn't what God has for you. Some have made terrible choices, totally opposite of what you even believe in. Don't give up on your kids. Keep praying. And on this Mother's Day, whether your heart is joyful or sorrowful, perhaps this is the first Mother's Day where your physical mom is not here anymore. She's gone to be with the Lord. Thank God for that. And for every one of us, if you see a mom, hug them. Tell them how much you appreciate them. And stand with them as they go through life carrying the burdens of being a mom, serving Jesus, and believing that their children will fully surrender to God. What a great challenge for all of us today because we believe that if you train your children up in the way they should go, that they won't depart from it. It does say old. When they are old, they won't depart from it. So don't give up on them when they're 18, 19, 22 years old. Believe God will bring them to a place of full surrender. And let's believe today for a spiritual awakening in America because America is filled with prodigals. Prodigals today who are protesting, prodigals who are running from God, and yet God's still chasing after them through your prayers. Would you stretch your hands out? Let's, first of all, let's do this. If you're a mom or an expectant mom, would you just stand where you are, please, for a moment? Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Would you stretch your hand out towards one of these moms, Father? We thank you today for all the moms in this place, for these who have shared, who represent every mom who's sitting here, some with joyful hearts, some who've just started the journey, some who are anticipating the journey, some who are at the, towards the later part of the journey, some, Lord, who are carrying the heaviness of decisions or maybe health issues, and today we put our trust in you. We say, as Angie said, we're going to seek you for wisdom and guidance, but we're not going to let go of you. We're not going to take no for an answer. We're going to believe that today our children, wherever they might be, on an airplane, traveling, on vacation, in a church service somewhere, serving somewhere, that your hand would be upon them. And may you touch them. May they hear your sweet voice say, I love you. And Lord, may they fully surrender every decision and choice. Help in this day of challenge to families that moms will rise up and stand strong together. May, Lord, there be a revival of righteousness and hope and healing in our state and in our nation, we pray. And, Lord, we bless these women. Now, if you're here today and you've never given your heart to the Lord, let's all stand together. 
and I want to just encourage you to pray this prayer aloud with everyone who's here, those who are watching online. Let this be your personal prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin and make me the person you want me to be. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's put our hands together and thank God for what he's done to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for listening to the Portland Christian Center Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or learn more about us, visit our website at pcctoday.com or join us for our live streams at 1030 at live.pcctoday.com.